Welcome back to We Won't Finish This Podcast for part two of what I am calling The Cryptid. Didn't we have another one set uh, about Sasquatch or something? What's that? There was some kind of Brangelina Sasquatch. <laughs> Cabbage Squatch? Cabbage Squatch. Yeah, this is, this is episode two of Cabbage Squatch. So it's debatable what the title will be, but, <laughs> but anyways, continue. Yeah, welcome to We Won't Finish This Podcast where we pitch movies to each other that we'll never make. I'm Spaceman. I'm Zeems. Savage. All right, and this again is part two of The Cryptid, uh, and as a quick recap, um, our main character has essentially gone from the pinnacle of the Bigfoot cryptozoology career to faking an incident on Netflix and getting becoming faking, dis- faking proof of Bigfoot yeah. on Netflix and becoming what my favorite term is right now, a disgraced cryptozoologist. And then, you know what, he just... As if starts... there's any grace. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Cryptozoologist. Then he, he starts up a new podcast, he, something happens, he starts getting popularity again, he gets noticed, and he gets an invitation to the World Cryptozoology Summit to speak on Bigfoot. So he's been on the plane, and it seems that everybody's video library from their personal screen is personally tailored. They've somehow done a musical chairs on the plane, which I don't think anyone will allow. I don't care how accredited of a cryptozoologist you are. But, uh, well, yeah, so that seems to be where we left off. They're flying yeah, to the we conference some... in Bermuda. Yeah. And yes, they're flying, flying into turbulence. Uh, they've recently gone into they're what flying. they realized is the Bermuda Triangle. They're flying into the Bermuda Triangle, and they've realized they don't, they never questioned who paid for this trip. Yeah. We don't know who our host is. Nobody's prepared, Kukiro's obviously. Yes. But that's that's where we left him. We we blacked out on this turbulence, and we're going to pick right up after our promotion here. Yes. Uh, I just want to remind everybody, you can listen on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Music, and basically anywhere you get podcasts. Watch our live streams on Twitch and YouTube, and you can hang out in the chat. Hello if you're here right now. And you can actually submit, you know, comment any ideas you have for the movie that we're writing in real time. And we can see your comments, we'll read your name, we'll give you credit, and you could totally change the trajectory of this thing. Uh, please check us out on social media. We're on most platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter. That's the best way to find out when we'll be recording our next live stream if you want to get in here. And you can find all those links at linktree slash pod. And I just want to remind everybody, and actually kind of beg, if you are <laughs> watching or listening, wherever that is, Please like, subscribe, comment, review, share it. Sharing would be the best, to be honest with you. You've got somebody else you think might be into this. And uh, that's the end of my spiel, linktree slash pod. It's Spaceman's pitch here, and we do we do not know where this is going. We've, we're <laughs> excited to hear part yeah, two yeah. of the adventure. He's the only if one you're just tuning in, you're going to want to hear part one, uh, but... We gave you a quick recap there of... Yeah, you're caught up. We gave you the clip notes. Yeah, if you haven't listened to part one, please click on... Yeah, you're going to need a description. <laughs> so, you know, now where we left off, you know, just quickly, we had... Why are you standing up? Why is your GPS on? You did this. And then blackout. So and the whole, you like, did po- this... Power goes out in the plane is what you're saying. Well, the, no, movie, like, the movie just black screen. Yeah, oh yeah, black screen, exactly. Like Dramatic. Our lead, our lead character... Jerry Henderson. Yep, Jerry Henderson. Uh, he <laughs> is discovering more and more that something is weird with this plane, and then the turbulence starts happening. He gets blamed for that, for being... I think it's more of a panic the, scenario. Everybody's panicked. You did this. 
And mm-hmm. you got to understand the people on this plane. They're all very conspiracy minded. So as soon as something they're flying wrong, to Bermuda, like you have to see this coming. They'll really... they they blame malice before incompetence. Okay. But I'm feeling in this <laughs> situation, they're right. Yeah, yeah. So basically, like you know, we have this. They're they're all shouting at each other. Like I mean, let's be real here. What kind of what kind of person would get up and turn on their phone and get GPS going when your plane's having turbulence? Like I feel like that's like. The golden rule of flying is you don't do that. Airplane mode. We need, <laughs> exactly. the, we need the less phones on as possible. <laughs> it's like, he didn't pay for the Wi-Fi. I saw it. He declined. But anyways. So Wi-Fi is bullshit anyway. It is. No, it's not worth it. <laughs> Just see. <laughs> but he Bring a book. Passes out. And then we're going to start act two here. Welcome to the cryptid. Jerry awakens in a strange room. He immediately checks himself over. Finds no harm has come to him. Doesn't, ha- doesn't seem to have a scratch, nor a bruise, nothing from the massive turbulence. That's where he last was. So the plane's still in flight. No, he is in, he is in, or, he is in a very, very lavish room at the cryptid. He's, he's in his hotel room. And like, you've got to imagine, like, they have gone all out with, with these rooms here. Now it's it's themed. It's called the cryptid. So. so he blacked out on an airplane during turbulence and woke up in a lavish hotel room. Yes, he did. Okay, yeah, that's jarring. Exactly. You know, wow. one thing he notices when he gets up, and you go kind of make sure he's all healthy, and he's like, "Wait a minute, I'm in a really nice suit. Like I wasn't wearing a really nice suit." Now, if you just woke up in a really nice suit, I would probably be happy about the really nice suit. However, he notices that his underwear has also been changed. So he's like, "Ah, that kind of ruins the suit." I'll be honest with you, <laughs> even if. A stranger didn't change my underwear. I'd be very weirded out. Just waking <laughs> up in a place where you're not immediately like, I don't know. Yeah, w- waking up in new clothes is all like that. Pretty exactly. upsetting, right? I I was on a plane. I don't care what the clothes are. <laughs> I don't. I would now wake up and be like, this is a great jacket. I'd be like, <laughs> changed me. Yeah, I was on a plane. I passed out. I woke up in this room in a really nice suit, but in between those things, I was naked for some reason. And I don't like that. But you, you seem to imply that Jerry was pumped about the new suit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's so he's a great he's suit. Up. This is a great yeah. suit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's so he's, he's like, all right. Like, you know what? I'm not happy about the nudity, but I am happy about the suit. No, yeah, I'm having a hard time making a connection with Jerry. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> found this up lining and it's in a, this two-button jacket. <laughs> yeah. It maybe has like tails on it. He's like, it's, uh, it's just all out. But uh, but is there any other things that maybe he could have gained while unconscious? A top hat. I feel like uh, <laughs> a parrot, like an exotic bird. You got yeah. an exotic bird as a, a friend now. A falconry glove. <laughs> there we go. So he's got a top hat and a falcon. He just wakes up. He's got like, it's like roosting. Is that what it is? I don't know. Well, uh, he just woke up and goes, well, this is pretty good. <laughs> like from his turbulence yeah. nap. I don't just appreciate like, I was naked, but I like the rest of it. I've somehow leveled up during that like trim- He's woken up in like the ideal, the way that he would want to be dressed, the way that like with all yeah. the stuff that he wished that he had had. Dressed like, like the video library. Yeah. It's personally yeah. tailored. I always wanted a falcon yeah, and I always thought that I could <laughs> really work a tuxedo. <laughs> Yeah, so he just he just wakes up in this nice suit. Like I said, he, he's not thrilled about anything in between, but you know what? He's like, okay, I'm like At least super he's confused. The plane crash. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm so super confused. What's that good? Like, do you actually survive? Like the plane crash? 
what happens. Or is this heaven? Yeah. Waking up in a tuxedo with a falcon. Maybe there was just some turbulence, but they they flew through it. They were able to land okay. Yeah. So for the sake of this story, we're going to say it's not heaven. Like, this is all real. You know, like I didn't think it was heaven. (laughs) I thought this was a very strange situation to find yourself in. So, heaven would be, this would be a very confusing heaven. Yeah, yes. To get out there and just be like, a, a tux and a falcon? <laughs> like, this is it? This is the dream? Awesome. Yeah, I see him, he he, see, he gets up, he starts to explore the room, you know, because, like, it's, like, it's lavish, super ornate, but, you know, with it being the cryptid, you got to imagine, like, like, the nicest hotels you can think of, but, like, like so let's just say in the wallpaper, they have, like, monster stuff, like, kind of worked into it, like, subtle you know what I mean? It's like, it's to that point. I saw that on Mushrooms yeah, one time. <laughs> I saw a wallpaper pattern turn into a witch's face. It was terrifying. <laughs> it swam towards me. But yeah, there's stuff everywhere. Like, monster statues are all over the place. Paintings, like, you know, they're they're everywhere. And, of course, he's got the Bigfoot-themed room, because uh-huh. clearly. Sure. You know, and, like, what, can, what, might, what might you have for theming in there? You know, excuse me. I feel like, picture a bearskin rub. But like uh, a Bigfoot skin uh, rug, <laughs> picture a uh, fireplace, picture a couch and a comforter on your bed, just covered in dog hair. <laughs> I, f- I I don't know why I see like a chair, but like a very like rigid chair, but it's like, just like Bigfoot. There's a the position. There's a gift out, and it's a, a poorly piece of whittled wood. Yeah, it's just it's just a chair where you're sitting on Bigfoot's lap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he's just uh, just stiff, just sitting there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course. But yeah, so he's, he's just walking around the room. He's checking this out because, I mean, like, obviously, you know, you would. Like, you just woke up in this room. You have no idea where you are. You're in this nice suit. You're and there's really, all this, not happy. There's all this cool fucking Bigfoot shit around. Yeah. like You're going to check it out. Oh, yeah. Especially this guy. I mean, like, come on. Yeah. He's going to get up. He wants to see all these paintings. Like, Everything's tailor-made, just like on the planes. So yeah. This seems a little too... We still don't know who paid So, like, his office exactly. back at home... It had all the Bigfoot memorabilia and stuff, but we talked about, like, maybe a lot of it was, like, you know, stuff that was poorly faked, (laughs) um, not real, but this stuff was legit. You know, I like that. I like that angle. It's like the reflection of the office. So it's like the complete opposite. He's got all this, like, crappy stuff in his crappy office. And this is what he wants his office to actually have. I like that. real stuff. Yeah. It's it's photos. It's uh, maybe there's, like, a footprint that somebody took out of the ground and it's been preserved. And (laughs) it's all these actual relics where he sees it and he's like, Yeah, same thing with a lucky lucky Bigfoot. Bigfoot toupee. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, that might be the episode title. Bigfoot's toupee. (laughs) But yeah, he's walking around, he's checking this thing out, and, you know, he's just, like, kind of in wonder, obviously. And then uh, the phone rings, and he's met with just a very pleasant-sounding woman on the other end. Mr. Henderson, I hope you enjoy your time with us at the Cryptid. Please feel free to enjoy the amenities of the hotel and your suite. Please let the front desk know if you have any questions. The kickoff cocktail party is tonight at 10.30 p.m. for all guests speaking at the World Cryptozoology Summit. We look forward to seeing you then. So now... At this point, Jerry's still got to be confused about being on the plane. Does he start to ask any questions here? How much is Jerry pushing this? I mean, what do you mean pushing this? Because I feel like he's obviously got to be very confused. Yeah. But he's also loving the attention he's getting. He loves the room he's in. He watched some really cool Bigfoot stuff on the plane. Yeah, exactly. Eye-opening stuff. Yeah. So far, this trip has been... Great. Yeah, pretty baller minus the passing out, being naked, and, you know, that stuff. (laughs) So, yeah, like, 
I I don't know if he really does push for it, you know, because like he's really got to ask about his missing time here. You know, that, that's the thing is like, hey, well, you know, what happened? I was just on a plane. Now I'm here. You know, like I'm in different clothes. Like who brought me here? Like so many questions that you would think. But I feel Jerry here, he's almost just so overwhelmed by everything going on around him. I feel like he just kind of rolls with it. Kind of, yeah. You know, it's like he's going to keep it. To, he's like obviously weirded yeah. out. But he just kind of rolls with it. So, so this is what it is, is that he's invited to this thing and all the cool stuff he was hoping would happen is happening. However, there's a lot of questions and uncertainty. Right. It is called so, the cryptid. So. Yeah. So that, that's what I'm picturing is he's still pumped because like, well, the good stuff that I wanted is happening. It's delivering, but a little weird. Yeah, exactly. Somebody just, changed me. Right. <laughs> I, I didn't, I don't think, I never would have guessed that would have been allowed. <laughs> and somebody could undress but, me, <laughs> but they have. And, but it's a good suit and there's a lot of cool Bigfoot stuff around. And somebody called I'm me Miss Anderson. Just, just like <laughs> crash in a plane. Yeah. I was treated with respect. And I, that hasn't happened in a while. It is a great suit yeah. that I'm wearing. <laughs> it's so comfortable. I just, I don't know, look, just something about it. Uh, but anyways, like, you know, after this conversation, you know, on the phone, Jerry decides, you know what, I'm just going to check out the hotel. I'm going to see what it has to offer. You know, at this point, maybe he's just trying to keep his mind off of it. You know, he's just kind of like, yeah, like everything is awesome, but it's weird too. It's like, I just, he just doesn't really understand. But the hotel, everything's as you would expect. It's all monster themed. All the food and drinks have monster names all over the place. You know, like... I, I Bigfoot, no-bake cookies. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's got to be, like, so many just stupid puns with names. It's a poop joke. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, but, uh, like, uh, all the different wings of the hotel, they're all monster-themed. They they just really leaned into it. Like, yeah, this is okay. the cryptid. Like, yeah, yeah, they're so really monster on it. Cheese. Welcome to the cryptid. Exactly. Welcome to the cryptid. Monster energy drink for everyone. <laughs> That's good. So yeah, Jerry lets his fascination just take over at this point. He's beginning to figure, forget all about the creepy plane ride. You know, all the familiar faces he's been seeing the last couple of days are all here. You know, they're all seemingly having just a great time. You know, it's like nobody's being weird because you got to think if he passed out on the plane and was changed, other people had to have passed out on that plane and were also changed. But nobody's giving off that vibe. You know, so he's just like, it's just so weird. I, you know, I'm just going to go with it. but And everybody else is going with it. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody's just kind of going with the flow. So now we got some, they have some time to kill here. What kind of monster themed events or activities might our guests be playing or attending? I don't know why, for some reason, I see like a sack race as part of it. <laughs> like, I have no idea why. That just popped into my head. Pin the goat on the chupacabra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pin the horns on the minotaur. It's like they've got to have just like a ton of just really just stupid like themed stuff that they're doing, but they've all got to love it. Like you, you got to yeah. yeah remember they got to be like really into this stuff. I feel like yeah, f like flashlight tag or something. Yeah, something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I could see them really getting down on like they get, you get all these people together in like a, a cool wooded area at night. I can't see a lot of people saying no to flashlight tag. I can't explain it, but you really nailed it. Yep, exactly. I don't. I, I'd probably do it now. But yeah, we, we got. We, I've got nothing to do tonight. We can flashlight <laughs> tag. Yes, it is. Uh, but I got to check my battery situation. But yeah, I think we're good. So like we we have all these just random you know like activities like you know whatever. We're not into the conference yet. Remember the kickoff you know is tonight. It's ten thirty, and uh, you know. But as Jerry's kind of walking around, he's checking stuff out. 
he just is really, really just kind of put off by the hotel staff. They're really odd. None of them seem to interact or even know the guests even exist. You're telling me that all the people that were selected to be flown out to this event find the hotel staff odd. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I understand the irony. <laughs> but, but yes. And now maybe you could okay. be slurs like, we don't want to talk to you. <laughs> they, but but let's put it this way. If the fact that the hotel staff don't want to talk to the Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster experts, <laughs> I don't necessarily find that odd that they don't want to speak to them or acknowledge them. <laughs> I'll just say that, but let's continue. All right. So after cutting loose most of the day, Jerry decides he's going to head down to the beach yeah, as the sun's setting. He picked up this awesome cigar. He got it in you know, the hotel. Like, you know, he's, he's going to go enjoy his smoke. And you know what? He's just going to kind of gaze off into the night sky. You know, so this is, you know, the sun's setting. And, uh, you know, that same unsettling feeling from earlier returns. As he looks into the sky, he starts to realize there's no stars. He was like, okay, this is, this is kind of weird, too. He was like kind of looking around. It's like, he doesn't feel like it's overcast. You know, he starts to, like, okay, well, where's the moon? No moon. He's like, okay, like, this is just, like, pure blackness around me. He was like, it's just really weird. The hotel's nice and lit up, so he's kind of like, is there enough light pollution here? Like, it's like, this is, this is just odd. Like, we're, we're in Bermuda. Like, now, like, we've got this, like, weird, you know, stuff going on. I can't see any stars. Can't see the moon. So he just, he just can't quite put his finger on it. And he just doesn't know what kind of weather phenomena he might be experiencing. So you got to remember, these are cryptozoologists. They're going to start to try to think of some things that are probably stupid and ridiculous to try to explain something. So that's where I feel like he's just going to kind of get lost in the moment. He's going to start being like, I just, what is going on here? What did Bigfoot do to these stars? Right. Seriously, did so Bigfoot instead of like the logical jumps, it would be like leaps to... Yeah, this lady thinks Loch Ness Monster did something to the stars. This person thinks that Bat Boy flew away with that the stars. Must be the thing that I'm into that caused the problem. Yeah, my mind. I think about Bigfoot all day. Where are the stars? You better have some answers, Bigfoot. <laughs> exactly. So it, he just has this really just unsettled feeling again. It just keeps coming back. There just keeps being these weird things. He just he just can't quite put his finger on here. You know on, on you know what's going on. So he just keeps trying to rationalize it, and by that I use that pretty loosely. Anything he just doesn't, he just can't quite get it. I don't get it. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so Jerry continues to just gaze in discomfort at the sky, just trying to reason with himself. Edward Scurvy kind of walks up and just kind of interrupts his train of thought. Edward is simply just trying to let him know, like, hey, it's we should probably head up, get ready, go to the cocktail party. You know, it's starting soon. Almost ignoring Edward, Jerry's like, hey, have you? You're a boat captain. Have you ever seen anything like this? He's like, no, but the eyes and clouds can play tricks on you. And that's basically all he says. And he's like, well, thanks. I feel so much better. So I got Edward Scurvy here telling me he's never seen anything like it, but he also doesn't care and just walked away. Maybe yeah. Edward is just, you know, he's just too in the moment. He's just like, the cocktail party's coming up. I'm going to drink. You know, who knows? Like, Are all the other experts, like, in on it? And he's the only one that... It's like the Truman situation. Yeah, we want spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. Not yet. But he talks about that scurvy. And, you know, again, doesn't feel any better. You know, the clouds in your eyes could play tricks on you. And he's like, all right. So Jerry just heads up to his room. What are you going to do? Well, that's cryptid. Exactly. It's like, this is it's just weird. I, what else can I really say here? You know, it's like, nobody, I'm not going to get any answers from Edward Scurvy. 
So, you know, he heads up to his room, but heading, you know, to the conference area on his way back down, it was quite the sight to behold. You know, elaborate stations are just set up all over the place, you know, like drinks, food everywhere, you know, various art, you know, different monsters, just floral arrangements, just super high-end stuff. And you got to think like, uh, yeah, I'm picturing kind of similar size of like a Vegas hotel. You know what I mean? So it's a pretty big place. He's got a lot of ground to cover. You know, so he's just walking through, he's seeing like all this like super expensive stuff. And he's just, you know, just the wow factor comes back. You know, so he's he's just kind of going along here, just checking all this stuff out, grabs himself a nice drink along the way. And then he gets down to the conference room. Now in this room. And this is the event, right? Like yeah, it's starting. It's the kickoff party. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the numerous tables set up across the room. Guests are, you know, they're not all quite there yet, but you know, they're starting to come in. It's starting to fill up a little bit. So again, he's just got a drink. Maybe you'll end up getting another one. Conference room, like uh, just to kind of describe the room here a little bit to see, kind of get what I'm picturing. You know, like a stage up front, you know, obviously it's usually where they go. But I feel like there's just like a big series of doors just on like, you know, all around the room, maybe on two sides. Just a lot of different doors. Like double doors or like yeah, that's, individual? Yeah, I would picture kind of some double doors. Okay. You know, just like super, super ornate. I must know how many doors. We'll, we'll put a ballpark <laughs> number at 30. <laughs> so 30 I'm, doors. I'm satisfied. All right. So he gets in this room. You know, like I said, he's got his drink. He's kind of checking this out. Like nothing's really going on yet. And, you know, he's kind of just looking around. Now, it takes some time. Guests start to arrive and they start to take their seats. Jerry's starting to get nervous. You know, everything he'd been experiencing these last couple days is just all coming back to him. Just weirded out, just that unsettling feeling. It just comes back. He uh, is he scheduled to speak, I'm assuming? Not yet. He's he's going to be doing something later. Look, and this is just kind of a kickoff. I kind of pictured this as like... There's a meet and greet. Everybody yeah. gets to know each other. You like Bigfoot, you like sure. Fat Boy. Let's yeah. Sure, we got Monster Cheese, we got Monster Energy Drink. <laughs> Let's have a little mixer before the event. Good, uh, exactly. We have skinned grapes that if we turn out the lights, we can tell you they're eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> we got spaghetti, you can put your hands in that. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's what's going on at the cryptozoology <laughs> convention. They got they got medical gloves full of popcorn, and uh... <laughs> yep, you you got it. Guests are arriving. He's got this unsettling feeling coming back. The creepy hotel staff workers are just all lined up along the outer outer wall of the room, and like they're just kind of working the doors. But obviously, there's a lot of them. You know, there's a lot of doors. So there's a lot of workers. And of course, yeah, exactly. Of course, there's a lot um, of doors to manage. <laughs> Yeah. So, but Jerry's kind of like, he's like, he's obviously unsettled, but he's starting to get excited. You know what? We're going to finally see our host. Someone's got to come up here and talk. You know, there's a podium here. They have one door guy. So is this run from one? Is this, is this the reveal of who hosted the event when the host comes out? It is. Okay. This is, so everybody, everybody gasps and they get quiet. I'm sure when this reveal happens. And now actually my question here, obviously I haven't really given you much to work with. What do we expect? What do we picture of our host here? You know, like we who's coming out on this stage? I mean, a just huge dork, probably. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, I I did. I left it a little vague, you know, because like I, you could picture anybody coming out here. Like my for some reason, part like one. Jerry Springer looking guy came to mind. Honestly, yeah, it could be eccentric billionaires. Anybody. It really could be anybody, I feel like, at this point. But yeah, we could go with it's Jerry Springer. <laughs> All right. We got a Jerry Springer looking guy. The so, ringmaster. Okay. Exactly. So the host comes out. Finally, we, we have Jerry Springer walks out, not the real one. 
guy looks like him. Yeah. Comes out on the stage and he starts to proceed. You know, he proceeds. Name's to give, Gary. Yeah, Gary Springer. <laughs> Gary Springer. He gives a charming address to the guests in attendance. You know, this this guy, he's like really working the crowd. He's getting them all bought in. They're feeding off his energy. Like, I'm picturing this guy almost comes off like he's like a motivational speaker. He's got like so much energy. We're pumped. Yeah, exactly. You're going to find Bigfoot tonight <laughs> is what he's got to get him thinking. So he, he just he, he just keeps feeding the crowd. He's he's got yeah. them. He's just got them locked. So after another good laugh, we get a pause and the host gives this address. Well, now that we've gotten to know each other a little, let's talk about the were-elephant in the room, right? For a little laugh here. <laughs> I like it. What is the World Cryptozoology Summit? Why have I brought you all here? Well, the answer is simple. The summit is nothing, and every last one of you is a fraud. I know it, the world knows it, and you know it. You have built careers upon lies, mostly so you can just go camping with your buddies and somebody else pays for everything. What you do is a disservice to everyone. The reason I have you gathered here today... I love this, guys. <laughs> the reason I have you gathered here today Gary, is not to Gary, tell you that you are frauds. You are. Gary. And that's not the reason you're here. You already knew that. I have brought you all here to face your lies. All of the doors audibly close and lock. In one hour's time, you will walk back through the doors that you see on the sides of this very room. The staff will guide you. You may take whatever is on your person through that door. Anyone that returns through their door will be free to leave this place. Now the clock has started. I suggest you eat and prepare for what lies await you. So he turned into the Riddler at the end. <laughs> so then he walks off stage and they're all standing and going, play a game. Gary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the energy's going to come way down. It's everyone like, whoa, what the hell just happened? I'm not a liar. <laughs> You've got to imagine people are going to be like, whoa, what the, what the hell just happened here? Like, we've just been wined and dined and brought here. This guy just just ranted about how oh, what a funny thing to do to just fly a bunch of assholes in <laughs> and just fall them on all their bullshit and say, "All right, there's right. the door, oh, asshole." <laughs> wow, that's not bad. <laughs> so immediately after making this statement, <laughs> I want a billion dollars now. <laughs> I got a lot of plans now. You really got me thinking. Yeah, so it's but, a real head scratcher there. What can you do? This is a good one. To recall, though, so Jerry Henderson, our, Mary, our main character, he is admittedly... He owned it. A fraud. He, he was the one who said yeah. that he, I faked He's it. a fraud. He got caught. Netflix uh, just... But everyone else on that plane was steadfast like this. Yeah, I would say so. Unchecked. Yeah. yeah. And remember, Jerry, he had to do some soul searching, but he's still kind of a crazy piece of shit on his podcast, spouting off some nonsense and hasn't really... He, he, he felt he would come clean later, remember, after accepting the invitation. Okay. So he had his scandal. He, he had his falling out. But he's also questioning his own beliefs, which exactly this guy on stage just totally rubbed in his face. So it's like, <laughs> you know you're liars, and yet you're here. Yeah. So there's the door, dickhead, and that's pretty that's much basically where after we're at. one hour's time, the doors will open again. So they have to sit and stew for an hour looking yes. at each other. And They're going to marinate on it. <laughs> and finish your uh, Bigfoot 
bear claws or whatever the hell this guy's serving. Monster cheese. Yeah, your monster cheese and Bigfoot bear claws. Such a free monster energy drink. And now remember, he also said you can take whatever with you through your door. So immediately after making this statement, the host walks away from the podium. He goes backstage. Mic drop. Like he's 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 out of there. Everyone in the room slowly starts to go into a panic. They're all just confused. Is this some elaborate prank? You know, like what is happening here? However, all of the workers at the doors, they will not move. They will not react to anything. They have those things closed. They might as well be statues there. So they are just not letting anybody through. They're not listening. They're not responding. So this leads to even more panic among the guests. Because now you have like, we'll just, we said like 30 doors. We got like 60 workers and they're all watching the doors. Numerous guests begin to shout. They're all shouting about their cryptozoology credentials and why the door should open for them. Like, could you imagine somebody kind of, somebody telling you that, hey, I'm a cryptozoologist, somebody and deserves special treatment? Somebody invoking their number of TikTok followers for you to <laughs> open the door for me <laughs> at once? Yeah, exactly. Like, can you imagine? So, precisely as one would normally imagine, it opened precisely zero doors. Nobody's, these workers, they're not moving. They're unimpressed. Yeah, exactly. Not one of the doors that allow yeah. Well, especially after the speech just given, you think if you were, even if you were just some minimum wage, I don't know anything about what's going on in your event. And the guy on stage just was that. <laughs> just, I don't know who that was, but I'm rash. With it. No. Just being like, fuck all of you, you're liars, and you know it, we know it. Get out of here. The doors will open an hour. If I was being paid $5 an hour, I wouldn't move. And somebody came up to me telling me to open the door, I'd be like, no, this was so good. I'm not opening it. <laughs> like, you're going to stand here in your, in your shame. <laughs> so after the longest hour of his life, a bell tolls and the host comes back to the podium. Oh, God. <laughs> he thanks his guests for staying with them at the cryptid. And, <laughs> and he wishes them a safe journey. The bell tolls again. All the all the workers move open their doors at once. Now, on the other side of these doors, there appears to be nothing. There's nothing behind these doors now. Where there was once a lively and posh hotel before entering the room, there's nothing. You can't see. It's just, it's like a void, essentially. You can't see anything past here. But no, on go on, get <laughs> get into the void. And every that's every door, every single door. Okay. And now remember the get the uh, guests are going to be ex escorted out by the workers. So now you've got the hotel staff coming to life. They've opened the doors. They're starting to grab people. They're acknowledging them now. They're acknowledging them now, but only to basically like manhandle them. They're just like grabbing them by like each arm. You know, just basically, you got to imagine their like guests are kicking and screaming. Closing time. Exactly. So, now, remember, what can you bring with you on the other side of that door? And think in this moment, now, these doors have opened. There's nothing beyond them where you might not have taken that seriously before. You're just like, what the hell is going on here? I got to find something. Like, would you grab, like, a table knife? You know, like, what kind of stuff might you try to, like, grab to be tossed into a void with? You know, like, I just, I feel like that's, like, somewhat important, but not I, really. I, probably a knife and a drink. 
<laughs> I mean, what I would head into the void with, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you gotta think like some people might grab like if it's like a cocktail party, like give me some of those finger sandwiches, okay. like shove them in their yeah, pocket, yeah, I don't a know. candle. <laughs> like I'm picturing maybe you grab the tablecloth and try to use it as like a parachute if you're jumping out. <laughs> oh, you're saying you think the void has no floor? I don't know. I was picturing we'll, a floor. We'll find even. out. We'll find out. There's got to be a floor. So you're saying jump out of this lane, basically. <laughs> Yeah, you so, take a tablecloth as a parachute. Probably yeah, I'd, I'd probably try to flip a table if I had enough time. Even All right, a table leg as a club. All right, I changed mine, not the drink and the candle because there's probably your candle's gonna blow out. <laughs> so now, do do people even think to try to grab stuff like that? I mean, these are cryptozoologists. Well, you said they're gonna be escorted out. Oh so yeah, it's like. They're walking hand in hand with. Oh yeah, like, one by one, they're grabbing them and just like jumpers. Yeah, <laughs> there's got to be a floor. Can we at least? Can we agree there's a floor? No, no, at first. And the vo- okay, we'll find out. <laughs> Tell us, please. All right, well, I need to know. Jerry looks on helplessly. Like, take a step, and it's like a little farther down the. <laughs> you know, it's like when there's an extra step at yeah. the bottom of the stairs. Yeah, like Indiana you know? Jones and Leap of Faith. You step on a firm floor, <laughs> but you have that like <laughs> moment. <laughs> like that's what the void is. Just one step down, you can't see. <laughs> so Jerry looks on helplessly as guests are beginning to be tossed through their doors, knowing that his time is coming soon. Now he doesn't, as soon as they go through those doors, he can't see anything of them anymore. It's just gone it's back to pure black. It's just nothingness there. Very quickly, he's taken by both arms, you know, by workers, and he's dragged towards a door. As he's being dragged, he barely struggles. He's just almost silently asking himself, why? Why is this happening? Just take me. And I'm after, Jerry, take me. <laughs> exactly. Jesse's like, I'm already here. You know, like, what am I going to do? What, what can I really fight back against? Get? You yeah. already changed me. <laughs> he has no more shame. <laughs> like, the after being walked into a void after you've been changed <laughs> by a faceless stranger. <laughs> exactly. And after a moment, he's thrown through his own door. Geronimo. Everything goes black. Act three. <laughs> so it didn't have a floor. The most dangerous lies. Now, as I told you, like you named the act. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think right, I Tarantino. I don't think the other two even had a name, but this one. <laughs> no, they did. What's the name again? Uh, the second one was Welcome to the Cryptid, and the first one was The Invitation. And what's this one? This is the most dangerous lies. This is the most dangerous game. <laughs> I like it. Tea. I like it. Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll work in somewhere. <laughs> I hope not. Jeremy awakens to find himself standing next to a giant redwood tree. It's just like the plane ride all over again. Blackness, woke up, he's in a new place. He looks around, he's trying to make sense of what's happening. What's that? First every suit. You know, a redwood tree on the plane? Not, not a one. So he's just trying to make sense. Like, what has happened here? He's trying to get himself oriented, and he realizes that he's in the Pacific Northwest. This is where almost all Bigfoot counter encounters originate. So, so I, I think I know where we're going. Everybody's void led them into the actual discovery. <laughs> is that what we're getting into? We're, we're, we'll see. A billionaire says, you've been looking for Bigfoot for quite a while. I'll show you Bigfoot. <laughs> I'll show you Loch Ness Monster. I'll show you Bat Boy. I'll show you the Mothman. Is so, that what's happening here? So with this, I do kind of picture as, like, in this story, Maybe they did actually go through some kind of Bermuda Triangle type, type thing, but everything else is fake. I feel like maybe the host, and this isn't even written into the story, maybe the host knew about this and just built this place here 
he kind of wants to say he tapped into so, some kind of supernatural power. So it's imagination land from South Park. Kind of. Yeah. He's led. He's, we've flown into imagination land. Yeah. So, so the is a wormhole to wherever you want to go in those doors. So, yeah. It's like, so essentially, like I said, it's just it's a we'll just call it a different dimension, plane of existence, whatever you want to call it. But the host, we'll just say he's in control of it. I mean, he doesn't even really show up here anymore. You know, like, we were, we're in this part now. But, again, like, you know, none of the monsters are real or anything in the real world. We have kind of crossed a barrier. And that they didn't even know that they crossed. You know, that's where I kind of feel the cryptid exists. It's kind of, you know, beyond our dimension. We'll kind of call it that. So that's where I feel like we kind of, like, get a little Twilight zone vibe here. Whereas, like, the first the half of this was all comedy. You know, because it's just so ridiculous. But we'll just say we had some kind of supernatural event. They're in this. So this movie would get like a dream. This yeah. movie you're saying gets more and more serious, essentially yes. as we go. Yeah. So he realizes he's in the Pacific Northwest. There's this is where all the Bigfoot encounters like usually originate. He's starting to make through his way through the woods, you know, and not far along, you know, he finds a trail, and he just kind of takes it for a little while until he comes across the badly decomposed severed limb of a human, and he realizes I'm here to be hunted. And then we're going to go ahead and we're going to cut to our other cast members here. <laughs> so it's not looking good for Jerry. Not looking great for Jerry. And remember, the host says that you are going to face your lies. Doesn't necessarily say you're being hunted or anything. You're just going to face your lies. So we can kind of get, a, you know, we can interpret this however we want here. For Jerry's lies involved poop, didn't they? <laughs> well, maybe, maybe one. <laughs> so I have a feeling he has a pretty disgusting thing to face. <laughs> as well. well, we'll find out. Um, now, like I, I do, I do, we will pause here for a second. What other Bigfoot things could we kind of maybe work in here? Like I almost feel like maybe there's a jump scare. Like I, I don't know if you've ever seen. You know, I know I've seen some silly Bigfoot documentaries where like Bigfoot will like knock on trees. That'll be like how some people try to communicate. I, I, I see them claiming that like Bigfoot's throwing things at them yeah. as they're walking through paths. And it's like, if he's close enough to be throwing things at you, you're telling me you can't get him on camera. Right, exactly. You know, like it just seems, <laughs> you guys came out prepared for this. You have a Netflix budget. <laughs> you're telling me he's throwing he's things at mission. you yeah. and you haven't seen him. Yeah, so Bigfoot you know? threw this apple at you. You were standing right here underneath this apple tree. Am I hearing that right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, like, I, I feel like he kind of, he sees this, maybe some kind of jump scare or something happens, and we're going to, we're going to cut to another perspective. You know, here's, here's some of our other guests that were, you know, sent in through their own doors. Remember, Edward Scurvy, he's the boat captain. He's on the hunt for Nessie. Dr. Herring, the professor of Greek mythology at the University of Vermont. Mary Sue Molina, the, you know, the super jacked Mothman fanatic with sponsors. So we've got like these few With spots. Yeah, it's impressive. <laughs> yeah, she's trying to arrest Mothman. Remember? <laughs> yes. So yeah, we, we we're gonna cut to them. Now we can obviously explore a little bit more of like backstories and stuff here if we really wanted to. Uh, you know, like what happened with Edward Scurvy in this you know, incident? Well, with Scurvy wouldn't he have just splashed into some water, stepping into the void? Yeah, we left it. At <laughs> so I feel like he would he would just plunk into some water. And it would end in a super romantic, probably very sexy scene <laughs> with the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> is I think what we're building up to. There's a lot of united, a lot of tension we've been building this yeah, whole it's, movie. It's all over the clothes, I promise. <laughs> well, yes, of course. This isn't, you know, 
<laughs> at least we we're gonna have to at least do a second cut for the TV yeah. version. It's not smut. Like we're not, we're not writing smut. Not yet. Of course not. <laughs> but this is a hot scene, people. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, we can we can explore a little bit here. Like you know, obviously we know he faked that picture of Nessie. How did he fake it? What did he do? Well, like I said, the real one was literally a dog swimming with a stick in its mouth, <laughs> and they just zoomed in on the stick itself. Okay. With the waves and stuff around it as the dog was swimming. And allegedly, that's what the famous Loch Ness okay. photo we all know is. So I'm assuming this guy's would be something as equally as simple. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just, something simple or stupid. Right. He literally just took a photo of, like, a stick in the water and just was like, that kind of looks like a creature. <laughs> and then just put it online and people were like, I love this stuff. I'm going to agree. Yeah. That's a monster. Well, right. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, like... What happened with Mary Sue? And what Blanc? other what other proof would you have? Like maybe like an egg or something? Like this is the egg of the Loch Ness monster. An he, egg of a Loch Ness monster. He made an omelet of a Loch Ness monster egg and regretted it ever since. No, I don't want to <laughs> date. It's like a big like. I I, I don't want to date this this episode just because we have a very evergreen format as they call it, where it's yeah. like it's timeless. But have you guys seen the aliens at the Mexico in Mexico's uh they had a Congress meeting where some guys unveiled uh, alien yeah. bodies and it was like one of the worst like stupid looking aliens like ever well they claim they're a thousand years old they're ET yeah they look like tiny ETs yeah and they're claiming they're like these are a thousand years old we've had them or whatever and uh, nobody's even we don't even want to see the evidence they're fake everybody's just <laughs> like yeah I don't know yeah I don't believe it you know? and, like exactly I think yeah. I saw a picture of it and I was like that just looks like a crappy clay sculpture that they didn't do properly. Yes. Yeah. The grand once <laughs> you say it turned into a meme. Yeah. Right. Once you say it's a thousand years old, I guess it's like, okay, that makes a sense of why it looks like you literally carved it out of a rock. <laughs> but I'm not, I don't know. I'm not buying it. But like I said, I'm not trying to date this with current events or whatever. But like, that's kind of what I'm picturing. Like, <laughs> it's these same type of people. The yeah. alien guy would be on the plane. Yeah, no, I mean, basically, like, they said the alien guy's not on the plane here. We're we're getting like we're we're getting into the dumb ones. Like, <laughs> so many things aliens is almost too believable. Well, for... if you had to lend credibility to one, which one would you give it to? Bigfoot or an alien? Mothman. <laughs> All right, fine. Mothman, obviously. But on that, what happened with Mary Sue and her boyfriend? Did she stage the whole thing? We didn't. We didn't really explain. You know, explore that. I wouldn't have even guessed. But what do you got? What are you saying? She's a cryptozoologist now. She's a fraud by nature. She's a known liar. Yeah. I think she crashed that car on purpose. Maybe she did. We we don't know. Maybe she did that and acted crazy. Like maybe they like were like we're not going to suspect her now. She's like so weird. And then she just like got really jacked and did martial arts. It was like we really don't want to mess with her now. Or maybe he was her boyfriend was sick of it. And he said, look. Nobody believes this shit. You're making us both look incredibly stupid. <laughs> and she says, you know what? I'll drive off this bridge right now. <laughs> and he says, yeah, right. <laughs> no, do you it. Goes, you won't. <laughs> I dare you. All right. Well, what what about Dr. Herring? You know, he seems like just, you know, maybe normal, but just kind of weird. Off, you know, what's his backstory? Jump off the void and like to the base of Mount Olympus then and like have to maybe climb up. You know, like. Well, what's his backstory? Why is he there? The other ones, you kind of you know feel like yeah, they're trying to like really make money off of being crazy in a cryptozoology. This guy's a professor at a university. He's actually like teaching the subject, albeit he's kind of just weird and things beyond that. He found like a really, 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 really old book. 
in that. It's got the Necronomicon. And so that's what really like started, jump started his journey for that um, through his his research. Yeah, so like I don't really have much of anything for Dr. Herring. One of the jokes I, I had was like maybe his wife is related to like a well-known criminal and that's why he's there instead. Is like, you know, if they're like asking questions, like, well, why am I here? Is like, well, doesn't your wife run an MLM? He's like, oh, all right. <laughs> like, I get it. All right, I deserve it. <laughs> but but maybe that bullshit he pulled in the plane was enough. Like, remember, like this host seems to be kind of all knowing, you know. So like maybe he's like, this is the kind of guy who turns his phone on, you know, like and pull, pulls up the GPS on a plane. You know, fuck this guy. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe maybe that's Fortnite. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, he like hooks up his PlayStation somehow. But anyways, like you know, the others are gonna awaken, confused, just like Jerry, Edward. He's on a boat amid a storm on a body of water, no land in sight. Dr. Herring, he finds himself at the beginning of the labyrinth. Mary Sue finds herself at the wheel of a 1998 Pontiac Sunfire, several hard lemonades deep, her boyfriend next to her. These are how these people wake up, you know, like if you want to call it that, you know, after stepping, you know, stepping, getting thrown into the void. So they're not set up to actually discover the thing they've been looking for. They're literally... In their lives. Yes. They're facing their lives. They are facing their lies. So the severed leg for the Bigfoot guy, how does that come into play? And it, it, remember, it's just some... He says he knows he's being hunted, but would, wouldn't it just be more as his cousin doing something annoying? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> like, you can go even further back during his career. Like, we didn't really explore too much. You know, there could be something in there that has something in relation to that. I Cousin never... Ted isn't your first lie, is what you're telling. <laughs> right, exactly. When so... you're a Bigfoot hunter. <laughs> so, you know, for this one, we'll, we'll focus on Edward Scurvy. He, you know, he comes to, and he's on Edward this. Scurvy's the Loch Ness Monster guy. Yes, Edward Scurvy's the Loch Ness Monster guy. It Initially, we talked about, like, he probably had, like, a boat wreck and... Yeah, rode the Loch Ness Monster back to shore. And the monster saved him, and that's what... Gave him mouth to mouth. And sure, <laughs> saved his life, rested yeah. his head gently on his chest. So now that he's thrown back through the void, <laughs> um, we find him, he's reliving that experience or... Yeah, I think we could put something like that. Remember, he's got to be a fraud. You know, this has to be something that's that's coming back to well, They all have to be fraud. Yeah, well, exactly. So as you're saying, it's not actually Loch Ness Monster. It's like a manatee or something. So, like so with, well, in here, we're this guy say. just had sex with like a sea lion. <laughs> and like he's built a career around it. <laughs> Jeez. That's quite the career. Now in this one, so Edward Scurvy's on this boat. He's trying to keep it afloat. It's, it's you know, not trying to succumb to the storm. In the distance, the shadow starts to form. And it could be nothing else. This is the Loch Ness Monster. He's headed directly for it. He's trying to steer the ship away. You got to think how, what, what kind of stuff's coming to your mind. You've been lying about this for your whole life. You know, and all of a sudden now it's just right in front of you. He, there's just nothing he can do. He can't turn it away. You know, he decides, I'm going to cut the engines. I don't know. Maybe that'll help. I'm going to let the Loch Ness Monster have its way with me. Basically, draws ever closer to the monster <laughs> until it's finally upon him. So what is his reckoning here? 
And I don't necessarily love where you're going with it. <laughs> so where are you going to go with it? <laughs> go ahead, Savage. Yeah, uh, okay, so <laughs> he's the fraud. So the story that he made up initially about the Loch Ness Monster, the monster wasn't involved. But the Loch Ness Monster is real. And now... Yeah, here it is. He's here to clear the air. Of... <laughs> yeah, I, I see this. However it goes down, it leads right, to Here's your death. restraining order. <laughs> Stay away from me. Gets arrested. <laughs> but you said it was his lies. So is this, is this like a you wouldn't know the Loch Ness Monster she goes to another school situation? It could be anything we want here. <laughs> okay. All that really has to happen is his reckoning. You know, whatever his lie is, it comes back on him in this moment. So he could have so, faked that picture, and maybe it's whatever he faked the picture with. That's right there, and it just like comes apart, crashes on him, destroys his boat. You know. Okay, like, so it's like a just a cosmic, just a giant dog with a big stick, and that destroys his boat. Yeah, it, exactly. It's it it just it's ripped apart by dogs. Really, <laughs> 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 it could be anything. It's like however he faked it, however he was a fraud. That is his undoing. You know, so it could be, it could be just. Rabid water dogs rip his boat apart and kill him. You know, it could be the the faked picture of like a toy boat and some arm thing comes and crashes onto him. Water wolves is a terrifying thought. If he's what on a it? small boat, just like where's Lagnus Monster, and then just wolves start swimming up to your boat, <laughs> and they're they're out for blood. It just hears ho- like gurgled howling. You can't es- you can't escape it. The water wolves. Uh, so I see where you're, where you're going. It would take a little bit more thinking than we probably have time for to like right. really figure out what the like ironic yeah fate would be for lying about a Loch Ness monster. Maybe it's that she didn't love you at all. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the Loch Ness monster had no feelings for you, <laughs> and you feel used and alone after your encounter. <laughs> so, however this goes down, Edward Scurvy is no more. He, this he has had his reckoning. He is down he is ship. he's done. So now of the shipness yeah, with the quickness. Uh, now we switch to Mary Sue. She's driving her car. She's lost in the moment. Here he was, the boyfriend that she killed that night. Riding shotgun? Riding shotgun. She killed him that night. But he, there he is in the passenger seat again. That late night in autumn. As he, as he talks to her, she begins to drift his way. Watching him just talking, just losing focus on the road. You know, this goes on for some time. Then suddenly, the Mothman appears on the road ahead. Now, Mary Sue, she slams on the brakes, closes her eyes as they stop. Nothing happens. They're just stopped in the middle of the road. Mary Sue opens her, her eyes. There's no Mothman. You know, she, she screams. As she's stopping, she kind of reaches over to try to, like, you know, get the, the boyfriend, kind of, like, hold him back. Just, a, just, a, just an instinct. You know, she slams on the brakes, reaches over, and closes her eyes. Nothing happens. Then Mary Sue opens her eyes, no Mothman, and then her hand rests upon the mutilated upper torso of her boyfriend. She screams and runs out of the car, you know, down the road, you know, where she came from. Just utter panic. So he is alive when she hits the brakes. She's like, oh my gosh. Tries to stop him, close her eyes. They, the car stops, and then she opens him back up, but he's still... Yeah, you got to think. from the crash. Yeah. He's no crash, but he's, he's been crashed. Yeah, so kind of what, what I saying. see with her, she found, she found some kind of way to, like, however they crashed it, because, like, I mean, maybe she killed him before. She's, thought about, she him, she's thought about it a million times, if yeah. I only did this, blah, blah, blah. 
So this time she does that. Yeah. Well, but she, he's still. She killed died. this guy. The, you know, originally she did kill this guy. Yeah. However, it goes down. She blamed it on Mothman. On she Mothman. blamed it on Mothman to be like crazy. The car. But now it's time for her to face the Mike's hard truth. Yes. The Mike's <laughs> hard truth. <laughs> I love it. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. Okay. So driving down the road, sees Mothman, screams. Boyfriend was fine just a moment ago. Reaches over. She looks at him now. Just a bloody mess, you know. Like looks exactly like but no car crash. Kill exactly no car crash. That's in, a in pretty this wild uh, scene. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So she just runs out of the car screaming, goes down the road, looks back at the car, no longer there. Turns back in front of her, Mothman directly in her face, and then she's done. However, Mothman takes care of her. She gets killed. So. Is this a man with the face of a moth? <laughs> I you ever watched really, really explore. You ever watched The Tick? I was just yeah, about to say it. It's, it's kind of Arthur. Arthur. It's Arthur the Moth from The Tick. <laughs> uh, I. It's got to just. You can't get a good look at the Moth Man. I feel like once you get a good look at the Moth Man, it's Arthur from The Tick. <laughs> you need to. It needs to be quick glimpses. There's no. You can't talk to the Mothman. It goes too far. Exactly. The best, like, scary movies are they don't show you much. Right. Once the Mothman is, you're talking to him, you've gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> I picture this as just the two quick glimpses. There he is in the road. That's how Mothman obviously did it. Just a quick, ah. I feel like that was it. The host uh, is actually M. Night Shyamalan, and that <laughs> twist the whole time. Yeah. So twisty. Um, so you see, you get invited to an event like this, you see M. Night Shyamalan walk on the stage, and you go, Oh, we're fucked. <laughs> you know, who knows? Who knows what's about to happen? It's like, if it were Michael Bay, it would still be bad, but not as bad. Predictably bad <laughs> is what it would be. Exactly. I'm not Shamlon. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So this is more scary. Michael Bay is loud and confusing, right. but we'll Vince, probably be Vince, fine. Vince. I think predictably bad would be <laughs> a very good review to like put on a trailer or a poster <laughs> for a Michael Bay movie. Predictably bad, New York Times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Mary Sue here, she meets her end. You know, like, like I said, however it happens, it doesn't need to be so horror in this part, but... She got covered with moth dust and yeah, it's over. Exactly. So now we go to Professor Herring. Moth balls. <laughs> yeah. She's drunk. Yeah, Professor Herring was the Greek mythology... Yes. Uh, yeah, Professor, University yeah, of Vermont. Proving this, yeah. that the minotaurs and centaurs were actually in the labyrinth. Yeah. He, he believes it. So now, now he's in the labyrinth. Yeah, he enters the labyrinth. The spookiest environment of all yeah. that we've painted so far so he is just more curious of the ancient look and feel of it than really afraid of what's going on around him you know he considers himself to have a great mind and great memory so the maze itself for him no problem he actually gets right through it upon reaching the end of the labyrinth he finds himself face to face with the sphinx and as intimidating as this moment is... No, 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 no. He says... No, when you say the Sphinx, I picture the big statue of the I know. Sphinx. Yeah. You're so, saying like a pharaoh. No, no, no. There, There is a real Sphinx monster. So I think it's the head of like... It's like three different things. It's like the body of like a, a lion. It's like a, the head of like an eagle or something. Like it's a few different like monsters rolled into one... Well, animals, I should say, rolled into one. Yeah. So it is like a... It's a legit like, you know, folklore or whatever... Um, but yes, so he finds the Sphinx. And now obviously I could have gone with the Minotaur. There's a reason for that. You know, Minotaur is famously at the, you know, end of the labyrinth, but of is course, there, exactly. everybody knows, <laughs> <laughs> as, as you know, if you see the Minotaur, it's over. You've <laughs> the completed the labyrinth. 
As intimidating as this moment is, the professor's confident. He's smart. Now, something about sphinxes is that he knows they will ask you three riddles. And once they do, if you answer correctly, is this real? How have I never heard this? This Rumble, is real. This is real. Stiltskin. It is. Is it Rumpelstiltskin? Uh, Sphinxton. <laughs> sure. Uh, but he, they're not related, are they? They're not. Okay, I don't know where that's okay. <laughs> But okay, so I didn't know this. Three yeah. wishes from a sphinx. No, not three wishes. Three riddles. You have to answer oh, three okay. riddles. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Three yeah. riddles. But he's smart. He knows all about the sphinxes. You know, he, the sphinx is going to ask him three riddles, and he's going to be able to escape after this. Yeah, easy, he's easy. He's been preparing for these sphinx riddles. Yeah, his whole life. Now, I have a couple options here for how this actually happens. So, option one... The Sphinx asked a very just abrupt and stupid question. Like, hey, what's your problem, bro? And then he just responds like, what? I don't have a problem. How could you, done. How could you respond? <laughs> yeah, done. He has no idea how to answer with that. And it's like not the right answer. So you gotta, we got to set this up a little more. This is the movie. He sees the Sphinx and he knows what's going to happen. He goes, oh, I need to answer the three riddles. But I, I'm prepared for the three riddles. Yeah. I'm prepared my whole life. So he's there's a like a confidence yeah, he heads towards the Sphinx. Yeah. And then he gets hit with the, hey, what's cracking, bro? <laughs> exactly. You know, and he's just like, uh, <laughs> and he's what? no idea what to say. <laughs> he's like, what? And yeah. then dead. So, options. So it's, it's very, in the, well, okay, I want to hear the other options just because I say that's yeah. very like uh, Holy Grail. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Where, you know, like, what's your favorite color? Blue. I mean, black. Ah, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying is it's very. I like where you're going, but it needs to. We need to stray away from yeah, yeah. anything like that. So option two here is one that I probably would have gone with. Is the Sphinx asked just the worst riddles ever? And Most obvious. Yeah. So the first riddle: What gets wetter as it dries? <laughs> it's like that's not a. I, I wait. Don't. Towel. <laughs> That's all. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like I, I could have got there. What cheese is not yours? <laughs> well, clearly Munster cheese. Nacho cheese. Conference. Nacho yeah, cheese. Nacho cheese. <laughs> and I knew that one. Another random example I had here. What is broken once it's spoken? Silence. You got it. Silence. You would have gone right past the Sphinx. And now maybe, maybe the last one is a bit harder. I speak without a mouth and hear without ears. I have no body, but I co- but I come alive with wind. What am I? <laughs> Terrible at riddles is what I am. <laughs> I would be at the Sphinx just stammering. <laughs> Savage might be onto something. I feel like the wheels are turning. So, re- say it one more time. I speak without a mouth and hear without ears. I have no body, but I come alive with wind. What am I? A kazoo. <laughs> it's it got to be a kazoo. It's got to be a kazoo. <laughs> I'll, I'll give a few moments here, but it's all right. Didn't I? I purposely chose a harder one here. They've all been hard, except nacho cheese. I nailed that one, <laughs> but I was. I'm stumped. What is it? Yeah, an echo. All right. I speak without a mouth and hear without ears. I have no body, but I come alive with wind. What am I? It's an echo. So. What, what are you always leaving behind but you can't take with you? Oh, what is that one? Uh, I don't think I even said it right. <laughs> I was going to say, like, time, but it's footsteps. footsteps. I don't think okay. I said it right at all. All right, well, that's fair. <laughs> but it's very clever, but, but I said it right. <laughs> 
But yeah, I see like this one. We'll just go with option two here. He gets to the hard one and he's just stumped. He has no idea. Yeah. And then that's his undoing. The Sphinx gets him. Yeah. You know, and maybe he just tells me that's for being a dick on the plane with the GPS. You know, who knows? You know, like he's he's not there for a very discernible reason. He just kind of sucks just generally. You know, so they just get him for that. He didn't really fit in anyways. Yeah, he really did. Nobody's hunting Greek myths. <laughs> and now we're back to Jerry. He's still quietly moving through the woods, listening, looking everywhere. You got to imagine he thinks he's being hunted by Bigfoot. Now, would your Bigfoot knowledge even help you here? You know, you got to think like Bigfoot, real world, fake, here, real. Do those same rules apply? You know, like the same bullshit he's spouting on his podcast? Do like, Bigfoot hunters even bring like self-defense things with him? I don't even think they're even prepared yeah, probably. for... Do they have like Bigfoot spray before? <laughs> I don't even think they're even prepared for a real encounter. Yeah, I think probably not. They're like, all they have is things to find Bigfoot. There's no actual plan for finding one. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't have like an oversized net that I'm aware of. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, I kind of thought about that. Is like, would he be trying to like, maybe like counter track Bigfoot to see where he is? Like, maybe I can avoid it. I see the footsteps going this way. You know, like, who knows? Like, he, uh, he just thinks like, maybe, maybe this will help. I think, no, it doesn't. You know, like, that's just kind of where I was going with it. Maybe I mean, you're, you're just wandering in the woods. It'd be a mixture of, okay, Bigfoot's going to kill me. This is terrifying. And, like, is there actually a Bigfoot out here? That's pretty exciting. Yeah, exactly. You know, I feel like that's where his feelings. I feel like that's where his head would be at. It's definitely, you know, if he's got training, he never actually had to put it to training. I was going to call out out training, too. What do you mean? Okay. So, I mean, not necessarily training, but, uh, you know, you mentioned tracking. He's really hashed out his lies. If if there was a guy that knew a ton about Bigfoot, it's this guy. I see what you're saying yeah. now. You're talking about tracking. So, so he knows what they're likely to eat. He knows what they're, you know, sleeping yeah. patterns. If I find patches of fur on this tree, maybe he rubbed himself against it. You know, I got to go the other way. Or the right, you know, like, the right berries. Not <laughs> save him in, you know, a survival type situation, but maybe he's like, try to, you know, apply that knowledge in, in some way here and evade yeah. danger. Yeah, maybe he finds like a poorly whittled doll. <laughs> On the way, it's like Bigfoot's close. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like this is a fresh whittle. <laughs> yeah, Bigfoot does seem better. to love dolls. Kind of does. Sculpted. Like, like what is he? What is Bigfoot whittling? A duck? Like, what's what? I don't know. I hope it's not like I don't know. I'm gonna say like it'd be weird if it was like it was people. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather it be something else. I don't know. Just. Could we show the other end of it where somehow Bigfoots rarely see people and they're like, some people are like, I, or some Bigfoots are like, I, I, I don't believe you. <laughs> You're saying somebody doesn't have hair on them everywhere? I don't know. Right. He's like, you, you know? came to our society. Get yeah. out of here. So that could be the thing is now he's going into a world where he is the Bigfoot. Yeah. And that there's people claiming, like, he threw a rock at me. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, what? I'm just trying to figure things out. I don't know where I am. What if <laughs> Bigfoot was whittling... Like big sandals, like wooden shoes, <laughs> clogs. clogs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bigfoot's Dutch. I didn't know that. Um, but I feel like at this point he's getting a little bit further down, you know, the trail here. Maybe he hears a knock out in the woods, you know, maybe a poorly whittled doll gets thrown at him, you know, like whatever. Whatever happens, he runs in a panic because like Bigfoot's right here, you know, in his mind. You know, at, you know, he has the startle, he runs off, you know, he remembers... The host told him that he would be faced with his lies. So he has to kind of reflect back on the second as he's running. Like, well, if that's the case, Bigfoot's my cousin. 
with werewolf syndrome. He's just like, maybe, maybe he hopes against all hope. And he yells out, Ted? <laughs> Ted, is that you? And from the distance, he just hears this roar. And he's like, it's not Ted! So Jerry runs. He just keeps running until he comes to this steep drop from a small cliffside overlooking a river. Bigfoot's hot on his tail like that. He can just see like the tree line, like plants are shaking violently. So you have Bigfoot or certain death. Yeah, exactly. Jumping and yes. Okay. So terrified, he jumps. As he lands, he breaks his legs. Bigfoot, on the other hand, scales down the wall with almost no effort. You know, he is seeing a a, a Bigfoot in his eyes for the first time ever. He can barely move as he starts to try to crawl away. You know, remember, his legs are broken here. Bigfoot slowly moves towards him, and he's just looming directly over him. And now we get to choose our ending here. So I have two different things here. Now, first ending option is Bigfoot just kills Jerry by just beating him to death like a gorilla. (laughs) That's... Probably what I would Snip go with. I, I don't e- I don't even hate that ending. I feel like if it just ended with just a baboon with <laughs> a first person beating the camera to death ending, I would kind of be like, well, like, <laughs> where yeah. this is going all along. I mean, what did you want to, well, this is your end goal. Yeah. So Bigfoot just gorilla beats him to death. Nobody goes back through their doors. Some years pass before the next World Cryptozoology Summit will happen. Now, what about the people escorting them out? They just do they just walk a, a certain few steps. They go, all right, just keep going, and they just... You talking like the... Uh, the employees. No, no, remember, like, I would picture them as almost like lurch-like from the like the Adams family, like big sign and push you into the void. Exactly, you're just... Okay, yeah. so they're not escorting you into the void. Yeah, no, no. It's just yeah. it's a shove. Exactly, okay. yeah, you're yeah. tossed. I gotcha. Like DJ Jazz. Okay, so yeah. what's, what's, what's the other ending? And I'm, I'm, we talked about a lot about love stories yeah. here. I'm kind of hoping for one. Bigfoot comes over, like, Jerry? And then apologizes for his outburst back there. He helps Jerry up and he brings him to the exit. Jerry asks, like, wait, why me? Why do I get to leave? Ted answers, because you were an honest man once and you can be again. Jerry blacks out and awakens in his office. Ted answered. Ted. <laughs> All right. So I would picture this kind of just like this moment, maybe like, like you said, there's, you hear this roar, but it could be anything. You know, it's just like a jump scare. But Ted escorts him out of there, tells him he was honest with himself once and he can be again. So it's Ted the whole time? In this, in this one, yes. So he wakes in his office, turns on the news, and every other prominent cryptozoologist is missing or dead. <laughs> is what I'm... Would the world really miss it? <laughs> like, or it wouldn't even really be reported on. Probably, probably it would be on a Reddit thread somewhere where they'd be probably. like, "Ha ha ha!" Like Loch Ness monster hunter drowns, and that would be like, "Get wrecked!" Yeah, exactly. Get wrecked, idiot! And that would be exactly that's front page it. Reddit right there. Yep, top of our all. So those are our two ending options. Unless you have a third, you know, if you if you have anything else out there. I, for one, I think he just gets beat to death by Bigfoot, and so, that's the end of the movie. There's no explaining of what this was. No. I, yeah, I want it to be a mystery. It's this, a is a, this becomes it. kind of paranormal-esque. Who really knows what's... I mean, how do you even explain it? Right. You know, so this was... It's something that you're saying it starts as a comedy, 
ends with a gr- brutal gorilla beating. <laughs> and yeah, it'd be hard to classify in a genre, I would say. I know, I had a lot of trouble with it. Well, I don't see any circumstance where they would get back through the door and escape, you know, from the cryptid because they were put back in each of those situations or whatever where it was just kind of like you had this coming. I, I kind of yeah. like to picture uh, somebody does make it back to the doors to like the event hall or whatever it is. And, you know, the lights are dim and there's just a bunch of staff busting tables and they're like, you're not supposed to be in here. And they go, oh, I'm sorry. And they just go back into the void. Yeah. <laughs> oh, excuse me. And it just resets. You're not supposed to come back in here. And they go, I'm sorry. And that's it. And then it's just back to the void with you. I feel like that would be uh, more realistic. We, we could all relate to that ending. Oh, yeah. I'm too late. The reception's over. But there it is. The cryptid. So quite quite the ride here. I still kind of like uh, Cabbage Squanch. <laughs> yeah, Cabbage Squanch. I, I really want to do that. Cabbage Squanch. Yeah, maybe it's a, episode, what is it, six or seven? I, the cryptid, what, six. colon, Cabbage I think, Squanch. I think Edward needs to be the one that goes back through the, the cryptid. He, His love story with the Loch Ness Monster? Yes, because that's the one where if... The Loch Ness Monster is real, and he's just misunderstood. He's actually friendly. Like, the world needs to know about it. And uh, so he would be the one that, that makes his way back through, back through the cryptid. And, and he immediately starts campaigning for legalized Loch Ness marriage. <laughs> is what he wants. Is this the next move. Obviously. Don't lock Ness with my rights. <laughs> Don't lock Ness with my rights. Is what he would, what the poster board would say. Oh, yeah. All over the place. Yeah. yeah. I do think at the heart of this, there is a, a beautiful love story. <laughs> Between one man and his monster. We're checking all the boxes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This it really, it's harder to find. Like genres so. here. <laughs> uh, before we wrap up here, I'm going to do the social media stuff again. You remember, you can listen on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Music, anywhere you get podcasts. Watch our live streams on Twitch and YouTube. Hang on in the chat. Help us write the movie. Please check us out on social media. We're on most platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. It's the best way to find out when we'll be recording our next live stream. And you can find all those links at linktree slash WWFTpod. Uh, I like it. It's a, it was a roller coaster. <laughs> I, uh, like I said, hard, hard to define. Yeah. How the comedy, little mystery, really blurred the lines of how much of our riffing would make it into a movie like this. Because sometimes mm-hmm. when we talk serious movies, we make a lot of jokes, but yeah, the movie itself, it's like okay, obviously yep. we're not gonna have the joke. This but, is serious, but we're silly. But it, this one, it really, it's almost like, uh, and I know it's not at all the same, but it kind of reminds me of like, you ever seen Cabin in the Woods? Yeah, it's yeah. a horror movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's a horror movie that they they kind of promoted it as a horror movie. But when you watch it, you're actually like, this is a very funny, genius yeah, comedy. tongue-in-cheek, yeah, exactly. Yes, and I feel like this would kind of be that, where you yeah. have very tense moments, but overall, it's the whole premise is silly, it's a comedy, right. <laughs> whatever. But yes, I see it getting like serious and dark and maybe even scary at times. Yeah, yep, that's kind of how I saw it. Like I, said, I was writing it, and it started as a comedy, just this funny idea, and then as I wrote it, it just kind of changed on me. So okay, no backstory into the host of the party, the billionaire. No, I kind of like leaving it mysterious. You know, some guy that his speech was enough. That's all we get of him. Yep, basically. Okay, and you know what? Maybe this is open to sequels. You know, because like that was just one world cryptozoology summit. 
Maybe there's more. What happened in the void of the moth or the the Bat Boy? <laughs> Do you guys remember Bat Boy? I, re- I remember. I'm not familiar with that story. So know. in the 90s, there was Weekly World News. You'd see it in the grocery store <laughs> checkout lines. Mm-hmm. And that was your big tabloid. And it was like Abraham Lincoln was a woman. And it would say Abraham Lincoln or something, <laughs> you know. And uh, there was the wild ones. But they also had a show late night on, I want to say, E! Entertainment Channel or something. And I remember seeing Bat Boy at the grocery store on a cover and being like, ugh, I was a little kid. <laughs> and then late night, I turned on E! And they had footage of, allegedly, they had a Bat Boy in, like, a enclosure. <laughs> and he ran in circles enough times that he could actually fly over the wall <laughs> and escaped. And that was supposed to be the big scare. Is that, like, Bat Boy is real. You just saw it. it just and also... He's escaped. <laughs> so he's out bad. there. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. I think we uh, finished this as much as we could. Uh, yeah, that was pretty good. I want to say we uh, we did it, so. I enjoyed that. That was good. Yeah. Oh. It was a fun ride. So, well. Yeah. Well, check us out. Make sure to like, follow, share. Definitely tell a friend if you liked it. And we're going to get out of here. Well, thanks for joining us. 